Yeah, that's. I was talking with Jessica. I said, you know, during this time, we're we're spending a lot more time at home. Um, you know, God, he he releases the kingdom through repentance, and so we've been repenting on behalf of uh, the sins of our nation. But in our homes, what's been going on is, hey, we're bumping into each other a lot more often. You know, physically, and probably. Um, the way we're thinking about situations, expectations, communication. And so God is really cleaning house in a lot of ways, and it's, it's good. It's like such a good thing where uh, I know I've had ample opportunities to repent of just the way, the way that I do things that are not maybe considered or whatnot. And, uh, and it's because there's nowhere to run. I can't run off to work. I can't run off to anywhere. And some of you may be experiencing that where, um, hey, I can't, <laughs> I can't run off to work. I'm, we're all at home. And just like as Jessica said, humility, honesty, repentance. And God, and that brings us into alignment. It brings restoration. It brings redemption. It brings freedom. It's, it's not just we pr repent and then we... God wants us to repeat the same thing over. He's going to give us His grace, His power to, to live life in a, in a different way, in a way that's like Jesus. Um, so I wanted to share with you just a quick word about, um, you know, we have this, I, I'm very hesitant to uh, use empowering words when des describing the virus, but it's uh, this, the COVID, so I call it the COVID-19 thing instead of pandemic or whatever, because <laughs> I just don't like doing that, but that's just me. But when dealing with this COVID-19 thing, um, I was like, how did, you know, how did people respond to plagues in the Bible? And uh, so 2 Samuel 24 was uh, an instance of a plague hit Israel and 70,000 people died. And how that came about was David was this was towards the end of his uh, kingship he took a census of all the fighting men in the land and came out to be about 110,000 valiant men and his commander over the army Joab said this isn't a good idea don't do this David went ahead and did it it took time, nine months to take the census and and went and as the census came back David got disturbed that he had done the wrong thing. He's like, I fear that I've greatly sinned. And so the Lord gave him three options. He said, you can, you know, have uh, seven years of famine. I can take, put you in the hands of your enemies or pestilence. And, and David said, it's better to fall into the, the hands of God and the men. And so there was a judgment for this sin that, that David did that affected his nation. David asked the Lord, he said, let it be on me and my father's household. Let me bear the brunt of my sin. But the, but the way that uh, being corporate works and authority works is that authority, it's, it's a, it cascades over all those who are under that authority. Just like a father, his decisions affect the household. The, pre, the president affects a nation. David, as king, affected the, uh, Israel. And so, but what David did in response um, was a few different things. And so, first of all, he just, he confessed his sin. And so he said, I have sinned greatly. Take away my iniquity. 
That's in verse 10 of 2 Samuel 24. He asked to fall into the hands of God rather than men. Verse 14. And then it says that David makes a sacrifice to the Lord. And that, that cost him personally. And so the Lord said to stop this, this plague, you need, plague, you need to go to Aruna, the Jebusite, and ask him for his threshing floor. I'm probably butchering this guy's name, by the way. But So David goes to Aruna. Aruna sees him uh, off in the distance, and he falls at David's feet. He's like, what do you need, my king? He says, I need your threshing floor. And Aruna uh, offers to give it to him. And David said, I'm not going to take this as a gift. He's like, God forbid that this, this costs me nothing uh, to make this right. And so he, he bought the, the threshing floor uh, for 50 shekels of silver. And threshing floors were typically raised up so they could be on the wind so that when they threshed the wheat, the shaft could blow in the wind and the wheat grains could fall to the ground. Now the interesting thing about this threshing floor is that this would eventually become the place where the temple is built by Solomon. And so what, you know, what is God saying through that? Well, first first of all to Jessica's point and to my point earlier is um, let's let the Lord just cleanse our hearts. And, and it doesn't have to be this thing where we're necessarily uh, wailing and putting on sackcloth and ashes and throwing dust on our head, but being tender to the Lord and to His voice and being humble. And um, the Lord's been bringing up things to me to repent about, um, things in our nation. I've just, and I, I look at it, and I, this, um, this virus has had serious implications people have died um, people have lost jobs and wages and the re but there's a redemptive side to it and I feel like what God has done through this plague so to speak is that he's wanting to build a temple he's wanting to um, create a people who will really be a habitation for him. You know, it says in 1 Corinthians 6 that we are the temple of the living God and that we need to live our lives as such. We, we don't need to prostitute ourselves. We don't need to prostitute ourselves to any kind of idol. Uh, and, and we have trusted in our own strength, just like David did. We've trusted in uh, our ability personally, in our nation, in the world, and... and uh, and so I, I, it's, it excites me to read this account because I'm like, God's doing something right now. He's laying a foundation of, of a temple, so to speak, of, of people who are were cleaning house. He's cleaning the thresh. There's a threshing floor where he's removing the wheat from the chaff right now in this season. And so there's people uh, like myself where God's showing this is wheat, this is chaff, this, this chaff needs to go. He's showing it in our nation. And he's doing it in the body of Christ. And, and, and so God's doing a, a work in the body of Christ at large where when we come back together, I'm, I've been looking forward to when we get back together as a church corporately, when we can hug and we can uh, embrace one another, 
how exciting and how fun that day is going to be. And I'm thinking about that for the body of Christ at large. And I just think that that day when churches come back together again, it's going to be like an explosion in the spirit. There's going to be a greater appreciation and thankfulness that we get to assemble together. We're not going to take it for granted anymore. We're not going to prioritize other things above meeting together like we have in the past. And so there's this, there's, and what happened when David offered that sacrifice, he made a sacrifice on that threshing floor of Aruna the Jebusite, and it said fire came down and consumed the, the sacrifice. And so God is asking us that there's going to be a cost, and only you and the Holy Spirit know what that looks like exactly for you. It may be humility, it may be repenting to your spouse or your children, whatever it may be. But it does cost us something to come back into alignment. And God shows you that and he gives you grace. It's just like I've been, I was doing yard work and I was repenting for something. And, and there's a grace, there's not, a, there's not condemnation and, and shame attached to conviction. And that's the difference between condemnation and conviction. There's conviction, there's, there's a grace. It, it draws you to the Lord instead of you wanting to run away from him which is what shame is. And so God's building this temple and this holy habitation afresh. He's cleaning house, and it's such a beautiful thing that he's doing that when we get back together uh, as the church at large across the nation, it's going to be an explosion. There's going to be a, a renewed thankfulness and an appreciation. And we're not going to forsake the assembling together again. We're not going to take it for granted we're going to make gathering together a priority again because it's definitely hasn't been in the American church uh, for the past few years at least. And so I just I give thanks to the Lord for what he's doing in this time. He just wins with any hand. And, uh, you know, God, he's I believe that there's solutions for these problems that God wants to, to bring about that may be unusual. Just like when Moses threw a stick in the bitter waters and turned it sweet for the Israelites to drink. That was an unusual solution to solving a bitter water problem. So uh, God's got those types of solutions in store for us. But I want us to, uh, I want us to pray. Baby, you want to come back over here? And um, Amber Larkins, who's a, uh, a nurse here in Athens, and her sister works in healthcare as well. Um, she's calling a... A family member. A family, yeah, a family member of Amber. Um, uh, currently, Athens is out of ventilators for the healthcare workers. So we want to pray for the supplies to come in, but and and you know we want to pray for supernatural protection over all the healthcare workers, every single one of them, whether they know the Lord or not. That God sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous, right? He He blesses those that don't even they don't know Him, and so we want to be that extension of, of God's heart and pray for them. And um, and then, well, if the Lord leads us to pray for anything else, but this is really wants to pray for this. This is our this is our city. We have authority to declare these things. This is where we our feet tread, and so let's take up authority and pray for protection of our healthcare workers. Father, we thank you that you've got great plans for Athens. We thank you for our healthcare workers who are laying their lives on the line who are working extra hours, who are uh, really sacrificing during this time. We pray your strength 
and your grace and your blessing upon each and every one of them right now, Father. And Lord, we pray that you bring ventilators and all the necessary supplies that they need. I pray that they materialize, Father, that they discover storehouses, Father, and that or you just make you make it uh, appear in, in their closets or whatever, Father. Just provide for them, Lord. You know how to do it the best in your wisdom. And, and Father, we just pray for supernatural protection over them, Father. We plead the blood of Jesus over all the healthcare workers, Lord. We declare that no plague, no virus, no sickness will come near them right now because this is our city, Father. You've given it. This is Jesus' inheritance, and you've given your, your children authority just like Jesus has authority. And we declare supernatural protection over all of our healthcare workers. Lord, we declare no more healthcare workers will get this virus in our city in Jesus' name. That the blood of Jesus covers them because Jesus loves them. And we declare that and we administer that in the name of Jesus, Father. We thank you for that, Lord. Lord, we pray against the spirit of fear. We pray that you cast that spirit into the depths of the sea and that it's it's gone just like the, the Red Sea crashed in over Pharaoh and his chariots, Lord. And that threat and that fear was gone in one moment. We just declare a divine... Uh, a divine overwhelming of the enemy. Lord, it says that when the enemy comes against us, that you come in like a flood. So, Father, we pray that you come in like a flood against the enemy right now and against this virus. Swallow it up, and we declare it is no more in the name of Jesus. So if you, if you know any healthcare workers just in your home right now, begin to call their names out to the Lord and ask Him, for protection over them. We all know nurses and doctors um, across the U.S., maybe even across the world, who are serving patients. And we just call out their names now. In Jesus' name, we ask you to come, Holy Spirit. We ask for your blessings over the families of healthcare workers. Some of them are being the the doctor or the nurse is being quarantined in a different part of the house and not able to interact with their family. Yeah. God, we pray for strength over them. We pray for grace. God, we pray for people to begin being healed miraculously. Yes. That that patients will come in that need ventilators and then they will be healed miraculously mm-hmm. when there are none to help them. Mm-hmm. We need a miracle, God. We believe that you have solutions to every problem, that you are the God of creative solutions. So we ask you to send creative solutions and miracles to the hospitals, to the clinics all around the world. We pray for healing to come in Jesus' name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And there is no coronavirus in heaven. So we pray for the coronavirus to be wiped out on earth. Yes. Yes, Lord, we we declare that, Father, that you are Jehovah Rapha, our healer, Father, and that you said that the the plagues that were on the Egyptians will not touch us. And, and we, we, we make that promise, Lord. We extend that blessing, Father, over those uh, in our city. We just declare this a sanctuary, Father, 
a sanctuary set apart for you. Athens is blessed, and Athens will be made whole. And Father, I thank you for what you're doing in the church in this time. Lord, thank you for just the momentum that you're creating uh, right now in the body of Christ, and that you're bringing us back to rest, Lord, and repentance and rest is our salvation, and quietness and trust is our strength, Lord. So we thank you for the gift of repentance. We thank you for rest that comes from that. We thank you for the rest that, that comes when your kingdom comes, Lord. So, Father, we, we bless you. We love you. And uh, we're excited about the days ahead. We, we give you thanks that we were born for such a time as this, God. We're more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. It's in his name. Amen.